Oh my goodness. Okay, awesome. I am I am recording. I can record for 30 minutes on this app and then I got to skedaddle and then or do a second episode. So, hi. Um I am Natalie or Nat and I go by my screen name Naturally Ryan. If you want to call me Ryan, feel free. No one does, but you could if you wanted to. Today, I am going to be exploring um all of the lovely lovely issues surrounding love and pain because sadly Learning to love yourself, especially when stuck in quarantine, is like hella difficult. Not just hella difficult, like it's painful. Like it's just straight up, it's so hard. Um, and also it's really hard to do that when, me as a person, I've really struggled with the idea of loving and accepting myself because like a lot of my self-esteem and a lot of my emotions, my emotional stability was built on the people around me. Not even a minute in and I'm like, here's my trauma. This is what you're gonna get in this podcast. But um, basically like, the issue, the issue for me is that like, since quarantine started, immediately I had to relearn to, I had to relearn what my support systems were because I love my friends and I adore my friends. But the, the issue is, is that like, now in quarantine, I can't really, I can't go to them with every problem, you know? I can't, I can't ask them for this advice. I mean, I can. I can't ask them about all of these issues that I'm dealing with emotionally because talking to someone over text is one thing, but then trying to talk to them in in real life is a completely different thing. And generally I find the most effective way for me to be, you know, not sad is if I am talking to them um, in person. I, I feed off that social connection. And it's also really difficult because a lot of my friends made me realize that I deserve better in uh, romantic relationships <laughs> because like my friends my best friend actually she's like oh hey um I'm gonna take you on a date and I'm like what kind of date do you mean and she's like no not a romantic date like a friend date I'm gonna show you how you should expect other people to treat you and like how you should expect other people to to be kind to you and and to prioritize you and to love you and like that was really shocking to me and really jarring and really the best dates I've ever been on have actually been with my best friends as opposed to someone romantically which is that sad maybe we don't know but I can tell you that like there is a more fulfilling sense of love that comes with finding love from friends as opposed to finding love from a romantic partner it is kind of I mean, everyone wants that type of love, right? Everyone wants that romantic love. Everyone wants to be loved and to be like heard and seen in that sort of way. And that's completely understandable. That's human. I mean, humans are social social animals. We seek that connection. But I think the biggest problem for me is that now in quarantine, like I, I can't go out. I can't go out, period. And the reason I can't go out is because like I have an autoimmune disease and um I could get really sick if I were to uh, contract COVID-19. I have something called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Actually, what that means is that I, when I was, I was diagnosed at six years old, it's not actively affecting my body, but it causes ascending paralysis. And eventually the paralysis isn't just with your extremities, like your legs and everything. It, it continues up your spinal cord and it eats away at the nerves in your back until it starts affecting your muscles that control breathing and your muscles that, um, it, it essentially, it slowly kills you by paralyzing your body. And obviously I'm okay now, especially if you're watching the live stream of this, you can see I'm okay, but um, there is no cure for it. So it's still in my body, it's just dormant. So it's not doing anything. It's um, really depressing. And I have no time for people, whether it be friends or, or possible romantic interests, I have no time for people who can't deal with that. Like, uh, like I, I don't know, I'm, I'm 
I'm so very young. Like I'm a, I'm a freshman in college, and yeah, I'm like, if you can't deal with this, I can't date you. That type of stuff because it's it really sucks when you have a friendship or a, a crush on someone, and then you're like, hey, can I can I be vulnerable with you? Can I tell you this like really difficult part of my life? Uh, and then they they move away from you and they they pull back because they don't know how to take it. And I mean, that's fair. Like that, that is very fair. It is on my Instagram. I've actually done it over the past few months. I got really fed up towards the beginning of quarantine because I actually had people, I posted about my illness on Instagram and I was like, yo, like even before the pandemic, I had to wear masks. I, not all the time, but like if I was going to be in a hospital, I had an internship at a hospital. I had to wear masks the whole time in case someone got me sick. Cause um, the problem is with my autoimmune disease is that it is my body is so sensitive and there's so little known about this disease that I can't get vaccines. Um, I don't even know if I can get the COVID vaccine as of right now, because they say that people with Guillain-Barre can, but they haven't done clinical testing on people who have survived Guillain-Barre. I mean, it's generally people who get it end up, um, they end up getting it when they're like 50 or 60. So it's a far different demographic than when you get it when you're six. And so that scares me. So I have to just wait out quarantine. My quarantine will realistically last until 2022, beginning of 2022. Like I have a whole year inside. That's why I'm streaming. That's why I'm doing a podcast. Like I have so much time in this world right now to do things that I don't even have to think about ever again when I get out of quarantine. But realistically, if people don't take it more seriously than they do right now like I, I my life's never going to go back to normal and it's really really depressing but it also really impacts like my romantic relationships because people even if they just casually date me have to like have to realize that if they are emotionally vulnerable with me and if they do love me and if they do love me in the way that they say they love me they have to be cognizant and aware of the fact that I could get very sick at, um, at really, really any time. It's, it's made friendships kind of difficult. I mean, here's the thing. I usually tell people about it early on. When I was younger, I used to not really tell people. Yeah, basically with my, with my autoimmune disease and everything, I tell people really early on because whether it's a friendship or a relationship, like romantically, it's easier to tell people early on. When I was younger, I didn't tell people very often. I didn't tell um, most people. Or, like it was something that came up because obviously I grew up with it. So like it was a normal part of my life, but for other people, this was like shocking and, and no one knew and it was crazy. But then um, as I got older, I became far more open with it because I kind of had to be. Because like, I realized that the earlier I told people, the more it explained about why I was the way I was, the, why I was so sensitive. Um, it explained like why I care so deeply about people, but it also explained physical things because um, there are still some lasting impacts. Like sometimes I get fatigued really easily. And so what will happen is I will have to like, if I'm, if I'm really like pushing myself, I used to be a theater kid. And so I would act and I would like stay after school for hours on end to do shows. Um, and then I'd have like choir concerts, like I would do everything. And sometimes around performance season, when it was too much on me, like the weekend after I finished my shows and the weekend after I finished my concerts, I would just go home and I would sleep for 16 hours. And even now, if I get like in quarantine, I'm not physically super active. Like I, I exercise, I do all that sort of stuff, but I am not doing what I used to. But emotionally, if I get too anxious for too long of a period of time, I have to just sleep it off for like 16 hours. It's like a hard reset. And I need someone 
who like when people I don't like the way people think about commitment because when they think about commitment they don't usually factor in um being in love with someone and having this person need these moments like my my physical illness and my my mental illness are definitely very interconnected and that can be mm, it can be difficult to deal with because the more anxious I am, the more likely it is that I will be more fatigued. Um, sometimes if I sit on the floor for too long, like one of my legs, my legs quote unquote go asleep, like they fall asleep. Um, and to most people, what that means is like, it feels like pins and needles and it's a little annoying, then you walk it off, right? With me, it's not, it's not that way. <laughs> it's not that way at all. Um, when that happens, it actually feels from my hip down, I can't really feel my leg very much. And it feels like if you were to light TV static on fire and let it take over your nervous system. That's what it feels like. It feels kind of like being burned alive. It's so painful and it makes walking really, really difficult sometimes. It's not all the time. Like I said, it's, it's a pretty, it's not a common occurrence, but like if I'm sitting on the floor for too long or if I put too much weight on one of my hips, it's generally my left leg. My left leg is definitely the worst out of the two, but it, it's that like residual nerve damage that um, that can really mess you up. Like there have been times where in school I would be sitting on the floor and I'd have to stand up and like limp around and people are like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, sorry, it's just the autoimmune disease. Um, this hurts so much. Like there were lockdowns where my friends would have to sit next to me because I knew that when I stood up, I would be limping and I wouldn't be able to walk on that leg. It was, and here's the thing, I've noticed that in romantic relationships, people generally aren't ready to deal with that. And I mean, I don't blame them because not many, like there's not, it's not common, but it, it does suck because it, it means that like, I think I have a tendency to scare people away with that because um, emotionally I, like, I don't like looking for flings. I don't like looking for, I don't like looking for temporary like if if I date someone, it's because I think that it'll be like a long term thing. And that's the problem right now is I definitely have a sort of crush on someone. But I also know that me as an individual, like I'm not in a good enough place mentally to try and hold up a relationship because in quarantine, I go through so many mood swings and every couple of days I'll do um, what I call an anxiety spiral. An anxiety spiral is essentially like, it's like an existential crisis. So I'm like, oh, what's the meaning of the universe? Why am I here? Why are we here? <laughs> We're just to suffer, like that type of stuff. Um, not fun questions. For school, they want me to talk about like, they want me to talk about how I improve over the course of my gap year because originally I wasn't going to take a gap year. I was going to just hop right into college. I was going to just start doing all my majors and all my minors and I was going to like, I was going to move out. I was going to live on campus. I was going to have work study. Like I was going to go off. I had like a list of like 50 clubs I wanted to join. <laughs> and obviously I can't do that now because quarantine. Um, but like a lot of the gap year is reflection and writing about these type of things. And like, it's really hard because I know that at the end of quarantine, essentially I'm going to be graded on my emotional, not my emotional state, but like my emotional growth. And that's, that's a very unique opportunity. It's, it's definitely so cool, but it's also definitely so scary. It's like, what do you, what do you do about that? Like, how do you accept that? How do you, 
how do you write what a college wants to hear, but at the same time balance who you truly are? And I think that that sort of balance also comes into like dating because it's like, how do I show people who I am? And like things that make me desirable, but then also casually mention that I uh, still have childhood trauma from the hospital experience. Like that's, that's rough, <laughs> very rough. Um, that's a yikes. And it makes me feel even worse. Like yesterday on my Instagram story, uh, people, I was like, hey, tell me something before 2021 starts. And there were like people who are in in that like question sticker responding and they're like, oh, I had this huge crush on you. I had this huge crush on you. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And the reason I'm sorry is because I'm very oblivious. Oh my God, I'm oblivious. You would think that for someone who, who wants all of this love so badly, like I would be so on top of that. I am not. I genuinely have the hardest time sh like figuring out if people are just being nice or if they're trying to flirt. And unless someone comes up to me and is like, hey, yo, I'm flirting with you. I'm like, they are just a very kind individual. <laughs> it's, it's genuinely so frustrating for most people. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that I don't ever realize that people are flirting with me. I'm just like, oh, people are so nice. Why are they so nice? I don't know. Oh. Um, and on the flip side of that, I don't know how to flirt. I can't... If I ever feel feelings for someone, I either never tell them because I don't want to risk losing our friendship, or I just straight up tell them. I just go up to them and I'm like, hey, this is what's up. Uh, the last time I went to someone and was like, hey, this is what's up. It was actually a painful experience. Oh, it was so painful. It was the worst. I shouldn't have done it the way I did, but I did it anyway. Um... There was a boy that I had a very big crush on. And I, here's the problem. Usually I get crushes on like my best friends and then I either end up dating them or I'm just like, oh, we're not feeling those emotions, get them out of here. This was a boy that I actually didn't know very well. And so that was even more frustrating to me because I was like, how do I go up and talk to him? Like, I think he's so cute. God dang it, I'm so mad. I'm mad at myself for having emotions. Um, and I don't, I don't have a crush on this dude anymore. He still follows me on Instagram. And I'm like, why do you, what the hell? Okay. But, um, but um, I do still, I do still worry because he watches my story and I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. Okay, nice. And the, the boy I have a crush on now, he does not know and he never will. I refuse to tell him. He's never gonna know. I've tried many times to just not have feelings and I just, Actually, I love talking to this dude, but I don't ever talk to him because I'm like, oh, I don't want it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that from all of the the issues with the hospital, like obviously, I can have people who are like really good friends for a, a minute, for like a couple months, or for like like friends for a season, you know, just friends for a little bit, um, and then they find out more about me and they find out I'm less perfect than what they think because. Uh, a lot of times, there have been a lot of people to tell me like, oh, I, I, you're my, like, you inspire me because I used to be so involved with everything that people like, I don't know, it was just a good catch-all phrase for when people wanted to talk to me. People will say that and it like freaks me out because I don't want to be perfect. I don't like that. That's gross. Ugh. And then when they find out I'm not that way or they find out more about like my illness, I'm like, oh, guys, like you don't like me as much as you did. And it, it does, it does suck. Uh, but that's life. Um, and I, I don't know. It's, it's really, 
I don't know, in the beginning it was really hard to deal with. Uh, having people like find out about it and then think I was like contagious. And people not understanding. And then it was even worse because in quarantine people told me my illness wasn't real. Including a dude who now flirts with me told me it wasn't real. And I was like, what the- you really think I'm gonna like you after you tell me that I'm overreacting to an illness I know more about because I have it? Like, the confusion- the absolute cognitive dissonance up in here, I cannot believe. It- mm, still frustrated about that. But, like, with- with college and everything, like, they want me to understand myself and to love and accept myself. And I- I'm definitely- in some ways I'm in a way better place than I- than I have been, because, um, with college, like, they want me to explore myself and, like, understand myself and, and love myself. And in some ways, I am far better off in doing that. Because when I was, like, between the ages of 12 and 15-ish, it was really rough for me. Because I just, like, I wasn't what I thought I would be. And I'd always envisioned, like, what life would be like. And I, I definitely romanticized it because that's I am a hopeless romantic in every sense of the word. Even from a very early age I was like that. But um I don't know, it's when it was different, I didn't see that as a problem I didn't see that as a problem with me romanticizing the world around me. I saw that as an intrinsic problem within myself. And that was not very cash money. May I tell you, that was so bad because <laughs> it made me hate myself and not hate the circumstance or not even hate the circumstance but just accept that life wasn't necessarily the romantic comedy I had planned in my head like and that was rough it was rough but um I am doing better now I definitely have fewer fewer emotional emotional qualms and emotional turmoil things happening <laughs> it, they're just kind of in different ways now because a lot of it comes down to like me being stuck inside, me having to completely change my life and completely rethink what it meant to be loved and accepted and what it meant to be, like whether I even need a relationship, whether I want one, whether I'm ready for one really, like that's, that is, oof, <laughs> it's a very scary topic. I haven't dated anyone in like a year, maybe a little more, more a little more than a year. Um, and I'm very happy about that because I, oof, the last, last relationship I had was disgustingly toxic and I hated it and I still do because the person in question was very very mean to me and didn't actually like me it, it came back to that whole idea of perceived perfection it's like they they thought I was one way and then when I was like hey I'm actually not like that um I'm not as confident as you think I'm not as whatever they were mad at me for it and they resented me for it and so like that that sort of pain has made me very hesitant to try and find another relationship or to even tell people that I like them there was another person I told I liked in quarantine and that went even worse than the first one and I I, I will admit I caught some feelings I did I did indeed catch some feelings and then I looked at my emotions and I was like you're gonna catch these hands if you keep feeling that way and then I told him through um, through an email that I had a crush on him, and he was like, "Oh, thank you. I see you as a little sister." And I was like, oh, "Okay, oh, that's fine." I was actually like, "That's actually really adorable." I don't think people realize how much power they have to impact how you see every future relationship, and I think that that is something that people need to genuinely assess when they go into relationships. And I don't think people do, especially people who are younger. I don't think they do that. Um, I, and I, I think that that 
I think that going into a relationship knowing that either, like every relationship will either end or it won't. That relationship is either something that has a finite amount of time or it lasts, it, it lasts well into your lifetime. And like, that that's the coolest thing about them is that you don't you don't really know what it's going to be until it happens but on the flip side of that that means that people who who are more temporary and i'm not saying temporary relationships are bad because they're temporary but those can impact how the relationships that end up lasting a lifetime are and that's that's a certain level of power that people have that is really really impactful and it's it, i mean it's one of the amazing things about being human and having this experience where you can impact people in positive ways but on the flip side of that when someone tells you that they love you and they either don't love you in the way that you need to be loved or they say they love you and that love doesn't remain love and it becomes something like loathing or something like something stagnant something like stability something that's not not stable as in like constant but stable as in like there's no chemistry there's no emotion behind it like that sort of stuff can genuinely mess up relationships very deeply and it can mess up you as an individual because if you're always looking at yourself in the context of a partnership and that partnership is inherently toxic or inherently unfulfilling you are going to then reflect that onto yourself and feel that way i say i say this like i'm a therapist i'm not i'm not a therapist don't don't take what I'm saying as law. Just I'm just here to rant. That's why I'm doing a podcast. So the reason I wanted this to be my first episode is because it's been what's been on my mind the most recently. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been like ranting. I've been ranting a lot to my mother about love. I don't like the word perfect. I think that that's so... Mm, it just, mm, I don't like it. I don't like it because like when you say that someone's perfect, that means that you're never expecting them to change or to grow as a person. And any any real healthy, long-lasting relationship accepts that that person is going to grow. You have to accept and you have to expect and understand and fully commit to the fact that that person is not going to be the exact same person as that person that you started dating. Like, you can't get so hung up on that. Like, that person's going to age, they're going to become more mature, they're going to become more... I don't know, like, in some cases, when I get into relationships, I generally tend to feel more in tune with my emotions, and I generally tell people that I'm dating, like, dumb, dumb thoughts, d dumb things, and people need to accept that. Like, because when I'm with friends, I always kind of filter myself, but then when I feel like I actually... When I feel like I actually am loved and understood, I'm like, oh yes, saying these dumb things won't have anything change. <laughs> like your perception of me won't change because you already love me. And then like, sometimes that does happen. And then I'm like, oh, not gonna say that again. Oh, <laughs> bad. <laughs> I don't know. There's been just so many thoughts on my mind. And I know that college is supposed to be that time where you like, at least where I grew up, um, a lot of people got married in college and I was like, okay. And I didn't necessarily want that. Like I, whenever I pictured love as a kid, I was always like, I'm going to fly to like a foreign country and meet my, I'm going to meet my soulmate in Europe. I don't like, I don't know. I was, I had an obsession with, I still have an obsession with traveling the world, but I had a bigger obsession when I was like seven. 
And I just worry about college. Like if I can't figure out myself now, how am I supposed to figure out an entire separate person? How am I supposed to love an entire separate person if I can't even love me? Like, I don't know. And my relationship with myself has definitely gotten like better because I actually know that I have worth. I know, crazy, right? Um, and I don't, I mean, there are days where I wake up and I'm like, we're not looking the cutest, but there are also days where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm adorable. And other, other days I'm just somewhere in the middle. So if you are one of my college counselors who has to listen to this and give me a grade and listen to me rant for half an hour, thank you. I love and adore you. You are a real one. You are the realest of MB MVPs. And if you are just one of my friends who hasn't heard me talk in a long time because I haven't hung out with you for nine months, hi, I love you too. Thank you for listening. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for watching. And I'll see you in the next one.